The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. All right, happy Sunday to you, everybody. Thanks for being a part of First and 12. All season long, we've been bringing you Big 12 coverage. Uh, pretty unique show, Mitch. I mean, I don't know anybody who does something like this, uh, certainly in the market, but, I, you know, we just we dove into to this that was just Big 12 heavy uh, with that lens of BYU entering the conference this year, and uh, we've had a blast talking about it. And now we've got even more fun stuff because as soon as we decided we were going to – as soon as we decided we were going to do – uh, this program kind of, uh, you know, early, I guess we start talking about it in the summer. And then the four corner schools end up uh, not just being a rumor, but they end up being, uh, you know, the the teams who are joining the Big 12 next year. Obviously, everything got thrown through a different lens as we watched Utah this year. Uh, and certainly uh, we were trying to figure out what the biggest sports story of the season has been. And I think you could make an argument that Cam Rising and really like the week-to-week wondering of what was going on with Cam Rising could have been the biggest sports story of the year. Am I wrong? Like, that, like no. that's the thing we obsessed over, it seemed like, so much. And everything was just, what's going to happen with Utah? And Utah's entire season, uh, I think, was affected, obviously, by what was going to be going on in that quarterback room. And, you know, by, by this week we had uh, Nate Johnson on, who was leaving the school for the last time with us. He was on with us for 13 different weeks this year. And he kind of gave us a peek into what he was going through. But, man, Utah and what they went through this year, overall an insane year to go 8-4 and four in, in a conference that you have won the championship the last two years. But the job that, that Coach Whittingham and that staff did to keep that team together and not just uh, win games but be still one of their top teams in the Pac-12 was a pretty impressive season for them knowing that they didn't have Brant Keithy, that they didn't have Cam Rising, and that was just the beginning because they lost seemingly so many other guys for the rest of the season. I've never seen injuries like this uh, in my entire career, and Utah handled it as well as a professional staff could have. Most would shrink at this and not have in anywhere near a good season. Utah's depth was, was on display this season, and you're right. I mean, the injuries – the, the key players, even like a Lander Barton, Logan Fano, they, they all went down with an injury. And and then in the preseason, there's these strange, you know, an injury, an accident to Brandon Rose. And there's a family member posting some strange social media posts. It was just a right. weird year in so many different avenues when it came to injuries for Utah. Yet at the end of it, they still sit at 8-4. and four. And maybe what was the, you know, the I know this isn't a Pac-12 show, but the Pac-12 was probably the best league in the, the country this season, I know Greg Sink in the SEC is saying they're Sesame Street, and one's like not like the other. But give me a break! Like I thought, the SEC was kind of underwhelming outside of the top two, in my opinion, this For year. Sure. Pac-12 yeah. was pretty deep. It was a deep league this year, and, and Utah navigated it with a with an eight and four mark. And and I I really think you know I think though the the issue for this season was it's kind of a missed opportunity because. You know, with those injuries, you wonder what they could have been because there was a feeling coming in that they were maybe playoff good or at least three-peat Pac-12 title good. I don't know if they were on the level of Oregon and Washington even at full strength, but the the chances of hanging with Oregon 
in Salt Lake would have definitely been better if you had a you know fully equipped Cam Rising back there. But they had some revelations on the personnel side. I mean, Sione Vaki, what a story that was, uh, having him become just this dynamic playmaker and just kind of dynamic athlete. I remember when he was coming out of mm-hmm. high school, and he was just this kind of unknown guy, and it's just kind of a classic Utah player where – you know, I think there's so much talked about their recruiting is is going to this level, but it's always these kind of under-the-radar dudes that emerge as the standouts for Utah, and they're kind of the bread and butter of the program. They really round out the depth. So he was a big story, and, yeah, it was just a, a solid year, but still kind of leaving you wanting more, and you wonder how much the transition changes, like, the excitement and the, the, uh, right. the urgency on the recruiting trail for Utah football going to the Big 12 because the fan base clearly is not interested in it. But I don't think that's the necessarily the sentiment within the the program per se. Well, and Kyle hasn't helped, I think, right, with some of the stuff he's talked about. Most of it, I think, is basically like I can't focus on that right now. They'll sure. have to, yep. obviously, when it comes around. And and frankly, the reason that they're going to be uh, one of the teams that are going to be, uh, I think, toward the top of our of our power rankings next hour when we roll them out is is because they do already have that built-in depth. I mean, they have. They have the depth today to be able to compete, you know, and, and the good news is is next is next year when all these guys come back healthy, and we'll see what the transfer portal does to them on Monday. But uh, I, I just I, I'm really interested to see what they can do because the depth is already there. Uh, the the culture of the program has obviously been established for 20 years, and, and, and so I think you have this benefit. And whether or not they're more talented than everybody else across the board, it doesn't really matter because I think that – uh, they end up getting dudes, and if they get Cam Rising back, then they'll have a shot. They're not going to be playing against Oregon and Washington next year, right? I mean, there aren't an Oregon and a Washington in the next Big 12, uh, at least right now. So I, I think that they have to be up there and consider that. And with Cam Rising coming back and making that announcement, this uh, Utah team uh, this season, I think about, you know, you think about the Oregon State game and how flat that game was and how the Oregon game was a blowout, which is very rare at home for Utah. Uh, you know, you think about even – that Arizona game was a massive shock. You know, everybody looked around at that game and went, what is going on here? But then you lose to Washington. It felt like a lot of those games that, you know, lose, BYU losing to Oklahoma by, you know, a, a score because of, uh, you know, one or two bad decisions. They were in that game. And I think Utah fans would look at that and go, yeah, if Cam Rising's in that game, they win that one up in Seattle and they and they shocked the world a little bit. And I can't argue with them. But uh, Utah's 8-4 and four season – uh, certainly the reason everybody's going to kind of look past, I think, a little bit of what the result was is because they're used to going to the Rose Bowl the last two seasons. And now you're likely going to what, like the the Las Vegas Bowl. And more importantly, the opponent that I've seen projected, I mean, a Northwestern and Utah matchup, like forget about it. Like that's they, – they played Northwestern before, and they didn't care about that matchup either, right? And so uh, we'll see. I think when you're used to, uh, you know, dining at the big kids' table and then you get relegated to – the little kids' table for bowl season, uh, and I say little kids' table because you're used to being in a New Year's Six game. Everything else feels little, right? And so uh, that's the standard that they have at Utah now, and I frankly think they'll be back at it again next year. Utah, Utah is basically not. Utah is what Oklahoma State has been every year for years in the Big Twelve, where Oklahoma State's had a little more ups and downs. Utah's been more consistent, but very good, well respected. But they've never broken through, and even this year. You know, with the pig farmer, Bryson Barnes, in week two, they nearly got upset by Baylor, who was the worst team in the Big 12 this year. I'm very curious to see. Utah is the most stable brand and program in the new Big 12 because you know what you're getting 
with Utah. But are they still going to be, you know, I think everyone's just going to assume they're going to step in and just run the league. But, again, like week <laughs> two against Baylor, extreme heat. I think it was like, what, 115 on the field. It was nuts. Right. It was bad. But still, that was the worst team in the Big 12 from the get-go. I mean, Baylor was bad in week one when they lost to Texas right. State. And they got taken to the horn with Baylor. I just think there's always a little bit of a transition when going to a new league. And, again, I, I really kind of am curious to see what changes from a recruiting perspective for Utah in the Big 12 Conference. They've, they've cleaned up when it comes to in the state and also identifying under-the-radar guys, but also really getting some high-profile battles in California. They've had some history, too, over the years with Morgan Scally in the state of Texas. I think that's only going to be enhanced now being in the Big 12 Conference. But do, do they continue that momentum on the recruiting trail where they're knocking on the door as a top 25 recruiter? Because someone in this league has to emerge as that. It's looking like Texas Tech. TCU's a consistent top 25 team in recruiting the last couple of years. Utah, do they become in that mix, too? That's the key. Uh, if someone's going to emerge as a consistent, annual kind of bell cow brand in this new conference, uh, they got to be you know big time on the recruiting trail every single year. And Utah's got the cachet in recent years to pull that off. And she, but I think that they've also had some issues when it comes to postseason. They haven't won the bowl, bowl games. They haven't won those huge marquee games outside of USC. I mean, I look at this year's schedule, there was not many great wins on yeah. this season. I mean, anyone that was you know near the – you know, in the rankings, they lost to. And that's that's kind of one of the things, too, with, with this season is that all their losses are to teams that are currently ranked in the top 25. But just kind of a transition year due to all the injuries that they underwent. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got more to chat about here. Our biggest takeaways from the Big 12 season uh, in 2023 and what to look forward to in 2024. And, then of course, next hour we're going to have our 16-team Big 12 2024 Way too early headlines, way too early, way too early power rankings, all of it. Uh, we're very excited about it. So stay right here with us. More to go around the corner. It is first and twelve. Brought to you by Macy's Happy Shopping, right here on KSL News Radio and on ninety-seven five the KSL Sports Zone. We'll be right back.